Thanks to Harry's for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Get your free trial set, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, and shave gel. Go to harrys.com slash fool. It's Thursday, May 11th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for braving the torrential downpour out there. And it is torrential. I, you know, I was able to make it up from inside the office to inside the office without getting wet. You've just got. Wait, more- wait, what route do you take to get from the first floor to the fourth floor? You go outside. What are you? I mean, Spider Man. What? You know what? I, that's. I, I don't talk about that. <laughs> I'm not supposed to talk about that. The other Avengers told Try me. Try the like, elevator. Like, just keep Try, it quiet. The elevator work. I know you've got a fear of them. Many people do. It's nothing to be ashamed of. But I'm telling you, it works and it keeps you dry. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we got a bunch of things to get to. There's a big shakeup at Whole Foods. Um, oh, we're definitely going to talk about Snapchat's first quarterly report, but we're going to start with retail. Um, Macy's and Kohl's both rep- uh, reporting first quarter results. Macy's, wow, did they miss big on profits and revenue, and their same store sales were down more than four and a half percent. Kohl's. A couple of bright spots, I suppose, with Kohl's. They're discounting less. This is something we saw last week with Coach. They're discounting less. You know, that's helping a little bit. In the case of Kohl's, it's helping with customer traffic, which was a little higher. So that's good. But their comps were still down. Their revenue was light. And both these stocks are down today. Although Kohl's down about 5 6%. Macy's down 13 14%. Macy's is just having a brutal 2017. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty fine the differences between the two reports really. It's got more to do with expectations and and just uh, a comparison of Cole's uh first quarter last year which was really really weak and so it was a relatively easy thing to improve upon. Macy's is shedding sales. They're you know, when you've got Three, four, five percent fewer sales uh, at your stores, same store sales, your closing stores, uh, and the margins uh, are going down because they are still discounting. Um, there's no good number. There is no good number uh, in the Macy's report. I mean, if a year from now one of these companies was up for sale, I can't believe I'm I'm asking this, but like, is it Macy's? Because it wasn't all that long ago that Macy's was really doing pretty well, uh, in part because they managed their store footprint so well. And now you can look at I mean, Macy's in the S and P 500. Only Signet Jewelers is having a worse 2017 than Macy's in terms of the stock performance. So Macy's is 499th out of the S&P 500 in terms of year-to-date performance. I mean, is is Macy's more likely to get sold than Kohl's? Uh, I I suppose it it might be. Um, although I don't know why why I should speculate on something I don't really have any insight on between the two of those getting sold. I think they're both just going to. Decrease their their footprint. They're going to keep selling stores uh, if they're smart. I think Macy's has got slightly more debt, so I'd be a little bit more worried about that debt. It's very cheap right now. Of course, you would prefer to be taking on debt and buying back shares. But if you're Macy's and you're already, you've already got a dividend of five percent, uh, a yield of five percent. They're they're paying out a lot of the profits that they do have in the form of dividends. It's tough to cut the dividend if you cut the dividend. 
you're going to see your stock price get hammered. Um, and so, even though it's possible that somebody in management might think, "Oh, we should buy back our shares because it's, uh, you know, our shares are about the same price they were 20 years ago," why not take advantage of that? They can't, I don't think. You you just sort of went in the direction of what was going to be my next question about the dividend. I mean, it it does seem like that's a move that we've seen with other companies, but it's never been even in cases where a company has cut their dividend significantly, fifty percent, seventy five percent. They you know they suspend it. Even in situations where companies have telegraphed that move, you always see the sell off. And I'm just wondering, in the case of Macy's, is that just going to be a bridge too far for for many investors, particularly on the institutional side? I mean, it's close to a last resort, I think, for the company, and it's a known. Flag uh, that if you can't pay your dividend, uh, there are big problems, and I'm sure they wish their dividend were not as high as it is. Although they can, they can keep selling property. The most important thing for Macy's right now, other than getting fashion right, which is constantly an issue for them, um, is to manage their real estate well. And by that, I include making the right sales. Uh, they don't want to get into the position, and, and there are a lot of other sellers out there. Between J.C. Penney, Sears, you've got a lot of property coming on the market. You don't want to be uh, throwing yours in there at the wrong time. So you need a fair amount of expertise as to where you can get value for your ownings, um, and that might help them pay, keep paying the dividend. Um, they're they're able to pay it with their current earnings, but the trend is pretty bad uh, for where earnings are going for. Macy's and Kohl's. I mean, Kohl's is not particularly better off. It's it's just been uh, following up on a slightly uh, weaker last year. Uh, so they they've got a slightly easier comp, but their their uh, yield is also about five percent. Some investors might look at that, say five percent yield. That's pretty good. I'd like to get five percent on a stock, uh, but this looks more like a value trap to me. Let's move on to Whole Foods. Second quarter results were about as expected in terms of profit and revenue. The big story with Whole Foods is the shakeup, um, and it's a pretty big one. Five new independent directors are going to be on the board. Um, there's a new chair, uh, Gabrielle Sulzberger, who comes from the world of private equity. Um, a new CFO. I I think that. All of these things taken together are what have shares of Whole Foods market up one two percent today. Uh, John Mackey uh, is uh, is on our board of directors here at the Motley Fool. We always point that out for purposes of disclosure. Um, what I mean, I'm a shareholder of this company. That there was a shakeup. Are you? Yes. Okay. Uh, that there was a shakeup was not necessarily surprised to me. That it was this big did surprise me. Um, just when you think about the the scope in terms of operations and just sort of you know a new chair, and I got to say I, I'm I'm happy about um, the fact that one of the new uh, people on the board of directors is Ron Shake from Panera Bread. Yeah, I think I think anyone in Anything, any business that deals with with selling food of any kind, if you've got Ron Shake on your board, your board just got better. Yeah, he's impressive. I've seen him uh, at conferences, and uh, he gives good conference. And uh, he also uh, has done an outstanding job with Panera. And 
So to focus on him, uh, I'll just do that because I know his body of work better than the other new directors. And he's just been involved in selling Panera um, to uh, JAB, right? And there's and there, he couldn't have looked happier. And and there are so many rumors out about who might be interested in buying Whole Foods. You've got Jana, which has taken the stake and is uh, agitating for big shakeup. So they they've shaken up the board. Um, maybe not in the way that Jana uh, is trying to dictate, but that is playing a little bit of defense. But they're also by getting shake on um, and somebody who's got private equity background uh, playing some offense as well in terms of. I think positioning themselves to react responsibly to all of these rumors of who might be interested in buying out Whole Foods, including Amazon. Um, you know that that is actually why the stock is as elevated as it is right now. You only have to go back a month and a half ago before that rumor came out uh, to find Whole Foods trading at about thirty dollars a share, thirty-one. It's up to thirty-six today. To Stronger performance today than the market generally, but not up, not up that much. Um, uh, let me get into the weeds a little bit here with Channa Partners. And for those who don't know, Channa Partners, private equity firm, um, took a stake in Whole Foods. And you know, part of this story of the shakeup is people trying to figure out, like, okay, is this, you know, I think this is largely seen as, as you said, a, a responsible. Response to all of uh, the questions, legitimate business questions about Whole Foods Market, but it's also seen as you know what, you know what's going to keep Jana Partners at bay at least for a little while if we if we bring in a not just a little fresh blood, a lot of fresh blood. Yeah, and and going back to Sheikh, I think that so his so the Panera experience is a reasonably good overlap for Whole Foods in terms of, and, and this is. Panera has the advantage of moving toward more healthy uh, ingredients in their food and having the time to do it, uh, announcing, you know, we're going to get rid of uh, cage, you know, fed uh, the proteins and, and also move toward, you know, getting out of the antibiotics and, and, and various things and having time to do that rather than from starting where Whole Foods is at a sort of a, a purity. Uh, it's it's harder to get to the place where people want to go, which is buying Frosted Flakes, um, <laughs> from the from the purity side, which is where Whole Foods is, and and so adding uh, some of the things that people people by people I mean mostly me would like to buy at Whole Foods and can't find there, and and I think they're boxed in a little bit, uh, and Panera is had the advantage of getting healthier at a time when people are gradually perhaps, or enough of them are gradually improving their diets, uh, rather than being in the spot where Whole Foods is, where taking steps to improve its its selection in terms of the, the breadth of the people who would like to shop there means that it's taking a step away from its core mission. It would be nice every once in a while to just, you know, at Costco, there's the whole surprise aspect, and I know this from uh, Matt Greer, who loves to shop at Costco and talks about like, oh, the treasure hunt. Like, if you go there, there's always there's a, there's always a surprise or two. That would be nice if just every once in a while you walked into Whole Foods and it's like, look, Captain Crunch, <laughs> it's on the shelf. That's oh, I'm totally by that just because it's here. Um, they they could have the guilty pleasures aisle. 
Absolutely. Right? And they just like, all right, this is bad for you. You know it. We know it. But come on. Everybody's got their guilty pleasures. And, and that could be, you know, it'd be the most crowded aisle of the store. I everyone, everyone needs, you know, when you go on a diet, uh, I've heard, um, there's a cheat day. Yeah, that's the that's like the cheat aisle, the guilty pleasures aisle. I like that. You should be on the board. <laughs> yeah, that's... You're a, you're a shareholder. That's you've got all these great ideas to counteract all the the wisdom and experience of Ron Shake. We brought in this dope. Um, you mentioned the 365 concept, and I'm and I'm curious where you think that goes. Because I didn't mention that. You you did briefly. Yeah. When? <laughs> Last <today>. time. <laughs> Last time I was on the show. Um, a, a couple of years ago, that was that was like the the big story with Whole Foods was oh okay they're going to roll out these smaller footprint like three sixty five stores. I mean, a year from now, where do you think that is? Is that just like completely shelved? Is that just gone now that you've got all these people? Because it kind of seems like it would be really easy to just put that uh, that whole notion aside. Yeah, I, I don't I, think you bring in Ron Shake and a new chair and all these other independent directors, and just tell them, no, 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 we just want you to to nod and smile at at the plans we've had in place for a couple of years. Yeah, I think that Whole Foods is better off uh, focusing on massive fine tuning uh, the affinity programs, getting getting the data on its customers through through loyalty programs, that sort of thing. The thing that they are so far behind on uh, against the competition. Rather than taking on new new ventures, uh, they've got their hands full. It's it's not that they've been making lots and lots of mistakes so much as competition has appeared. Uh, it is well financed. It knows how to do groceries, and it has seen uh, Whole Foods turf and the profitability that's available if you do organic right. And uh, everybody is is getting in. And giving them competition, so they have uh, a lot to fend off, and are better off uh, sort of protecting what they've got rather than pursuing grand new ventures. All right, before we get to our next story, got to say thanks to Harry's for sponsoring this episode of Market Foolery. I love Harry's. I've been a customer of Harry's for years. Um, Harry's is so confident that you're going to love their blades; they're giving you their trial set for free. Are you ready? It, you just cover $3 in shipping. Bill Barker, I mean, you're looking clean shaved, but frankly, we're about the same age, and I know that like most guys, let's face it, most guys just get in a rut with shaving. It's like if you're shaving, you're just using, you're probably using whatever you used five years ago, 10 years ago, and the older you get, the more true that becomes. So I'm saying, in advance of Father's Day, this, I'm giving this one to your kids that they can do this for you. The free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. So, I mean, for three bucks, for th- you cover the shipping for three dollars, and there you go. I mean, that's going to set you up for months. You're going to be all set with that. So, stop messing around and get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your free trial offer. $13 value for free. Just cover the shipping and get your free trial set, including a razor handle, five-blade five blade cartridge, and shave gel. Go to harrys.com slash fool right now. That's harrys.com slash fool. Snap, the parent company of Snapchat. Can is, I why, why is shaving such a big thing for Father's Day? Um, I, I mean, I know mom's not shaving, uh, and so it, it, it gets thrown at, at dad. But I mean, is this something that you personally look around like it's Father's Day coming up? 
I hope I'm going to get some shaving stuff. I honestly, the thing the thing that I mentioned earlier, I th- I think that's why. I think it's because uh, most guys. At some point in their life, they start shaving and they they basically just put their brain on autopilot. Oh, I'm going to grab that can of shaving cream that I've been using forever. I'm going to get those blades, whatever they cost. You know, yeah, I'm just going to do it. It's just a rote thing, and I think that this is a way to sort of snap out of that rut. So, have you ever, you've been in a mall? I've been in a mall. Been in yes. a mall. <laughs> ever been by the store, the Art of Shaving? Uh, I've seen the Art. What, of shaving. What's going on in there? How much can you? Really, I mean, I think you're right. You just you got a razor, you got your, you know, shaving cream. I think they're they're asking you to invest a lot more into the whole process of shaving. This is the art of shaving I'm talking about. Yeah. Than than I've ever been willing to do. Yeah, I'm not looking to create art with my shaving. I'm I'm going at it from a more science standpoint. I'd like it to be comfortable. I'd like it to not break my wallet. That's Maybe why it's I... for people with particularly weirdly angled faces that that you know mangle themselves a lot. Or the sculpted beards, as you see every once in a while. Yeah. Maybe could be could be. Anyway, that's why I use Harry's. All mm-hmm. right. Um, Snap, parent company of Snapchat, issued its first quarterly report as a public company. And frankly, it's hard to imagine it going much worse than it did. Uh, the loss was big, bigger than expected. The revenue fell short. The user growth was weaker than expected. Uh, stop me if there's a silver lining out there. I mean, no one was expecting them to turn a profit. They're in growth mode. I get all of that. But this was pretty bad. And the conference call, which we'll get to in a second, only made it worse. They are in growth mode. And I think that's worth um, okay. So year over year. What was their revenue increase between 12 months, 2016, 2017 for the first quarter, percentage-wise? How much do you think they grew? Uh, 20%. Almost 4x. Almost 4x. They're up 286%. Uh-huh. So, when you say, I don't see how it could have been much worse, I would say, well, not everybody grows at 286% year over year. Yeah. And it is true that that was not enough to uh, match the market expectations, and they'd, they'd put in a lot of growth before, spruce up their numbers before going public, a little bit less than a quarter ago. Daily active users didn't quite meet expectations, but still grew uh, to $166 million from $122 million. They, they've So, that's 36% growth in, in users, daily uh, average, and 5% so only slowing down only 5% over the last quarter. So if you're looking for a silver lining, I would say this. Uh, hypergrowth is hard, hard to measure and it is almost always wrong in one direction or another. They underperformed the hypergrowth expectations. Uh, market was pricing in better and after uh, today's report they're back down to a little bit, ten percent above where they IPO'd at. Can we get to the conference call? We can get to the conference <laughs> call. I mean, it was challenged to come up with anything positive about it. They're 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 growing. They're not growing profitably, and that's a big problem. And a lot of investors are going to say, "I don't really care about the growth. I want to see the profits growing, um, not just." Top line growth, and you're not doing that, and you paid yourself a lot in stock options last quarter, and there it was a net loss of 2.2 billion. Most of that was stock based, uh, but that's real. That's a real expense. And I think you know one more thing people would be excited about on Wall Street is if the user number was was growing, 
at, at some exponential rate to go from 158 million to 166 million. You know, that's that's what we like to call tepid in terms of quarter over quarter growth. And so, if there, you know, it's perfectly reasonable to me that this stock is down more than 20 percent today because. Um, in addition to all of these numbers, and again, a quarterly report is backward-looking, as it is for any public company. But Evan Spiegel, the CEO, gets on the conference call, doesn't really give any sort of specific guidance in terms of what they have in the pipeline, and you know, tries to play a card like, "Oh, we want to continue to surprise people." It's like, you know what? Surprises in the world of investing are great if it's a surprise on the upside. Surprising on the downside is never a welcome thing. And the the money quote from the conference call is when he was asked about Facebook, and said, uh, and was asked point blank, "Are you scared of Facebook? Why or why not?" And he laughed and talked about like, "Well, you know, we're a creative company. We're all we're focused on creativity." And then you know took a shot at Facebook by saying, and I'm quoting here, just because Yahoo has a search box, it doesn't mean they're Google. Which, you know, I think begs the follow-up question, did you just compare yourself to Google? And by the way, did you just compare Facebook to Yahoo? Because neither of those things are are even close. And I think that I think it points to something that uh, it points to a big red flag that has been out there for a long time about Snap, which is Evan Spiegel, mm. and does he have a Sheryl Sandberg in the way that Mark Zuckerberg does? Does he have a team around? You know, he's a creative guy, but I, I, I'm not sure he should be running this business. And three months from now, if they put up another quarter like this, um, then I think it's really gonna. I think you really got to bang the drum for uh, what we like to call adult supervision. Yeah, that's possible, and I imagine uh, you will hear that if they don't produce better numbers uh, or numbers more in line of what people are expecting, and also if he doesn't uh, do a better job on the PR because this is not the kind of attention that he needs on on challenging. I don't know. Don't don't pick. I mean, they're in a fight with Facebook about. They, they're absolutely in a fight. They're with absolutely Facebook. in a fight, so it probably doesn't actually change anything. They're not going to wake Facebook up. Facebook's uh, quite awake and and uh, no, face- copying everything they do. Right. No, Facebook was awake the second Mark Zuckerberg offered Evan Spiegel three billion dollars in cash a few years ago, and Spiegel said no, and then Zuckerberg went to his team and said. All right, <laughs> build me something that's going to take them out. Yeah, well, it, so right now the market cap is about twenty-one billion for for Snap. So I would say that was a good uh, turndown uh, of that offer at the uh, moment. At the moment, and uh, it may someday, if they everything goes wrong, maybe actually they've got more than three billion dollars on their balance sheet in cash. So it would take a lot of cash burn to end up being worth less than three billion. Uh, and I don't foresee that, but uh, you know they, they've they've got a very very tough competitor, and uh, they better be better at the game than than Yahoo was, which seems like more of the right comparison for them uh, with with uh, Facebook being the Google. Uh, a couple of housekeeping notes before we wrap up uh, this weekend on Motley Fool Money. Our guest is going to be uh, documentary filmmaker Steve James. 
you may remember a little film he did called Hoop Dreams. Uh, I do remember that. He has a, a new documentary. You can't call out. that a little film, though. Yeah, no. That was a big, that might be the longest film I've ever seen. Really? I mean, so it's a long film. It's a long film. I I don't know. How does it compare to with Gone With... It's longer than Gone With the Wind, isn't it? No, it's not. No? No, no, no. I don't think so. Uh, you go ahead and look that up. But uh, no, I think it's certainly one of the longest... I think the longest films I've seen, that, Gandhi, and The Right Stuff. The Right Stuff isn't nearly as long. <laughs> All great movies, about by the Reds? Way. Never saw Reds. Never saw Reds. Never saw Reds. Um so yeah, Steve James, new documentary film out called Abacus. Um, Two hours and fifty minutes for Hoop Dreams. For Hoop Dreams, okay, yeah, no, that's. I not, thought it was longer. That's not Gone with the Wind. Um, last week uh, on Market Foolery, Simon Erickson was on. Uh, one of the things we talked about was Motley Fool Explorer, um, uh, and I mentioned we'd share some more details about that. Uh, so here are the details. If you want more, you can go to explorerradio.fool.com. That's Explorer Radio, all one word, explorerradio.fool.com. A bunch of uh, investing videos that uh, Simon and the team have put together that you can check out. And last, on a personal note, uh, in late June, I'm uh, doing a family vacation in London and uh, Ireland, going to Dublin, maybe Cork. So, uh, if you have any advice, any tips, uh, hit me up on Twitter or please drop an email to marketfoolery at fool.com. I know you've got London advice for me. We'll get to that after the show. After the show? Yeah, I need, I need, I need, I need. You need tips. a lot of advice. I need a lot of advice. I all advice for London and secret cinema. D- Dublin is uh, is welcome. Secret cinema. Secret cinema. Now that's I'm my in- advice. All right, we're going to wrap up and talk more about it. And you know, a little thing called Wimbledon overlap with your time there. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> if it were just me, I, if it were just me, you played a little tennis played, back in your high school days. I did, and if it were just me, I would. That was not the sport at which you were state champ, though, is it? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, when I, I thought was, basketball was your state champ. B- both, both. When I was a senior, uh, check you out. We were two state championships. But but l- let me be very clear on the tennis. That was like yes, I was on the team. I was second doubles. Maine's a big state. Uh, geographically, I suppose <laughs> there's you know there's not a ton of of tennis teams, but uh, as always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. If you want to read more from Bill Barker and his team, go to FoolFunds.com. Check out Declarations, the free monthly newsletter. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. 